what if that voice in your head was a person in front of you saying those things to yourself? What if that was literally a physical form standing in front of you saying you suck, you're not capable, get the fuck out of here. You don't know what you're doing. Would you take it or would you fight back? Would you say, no, I am. Would you start to almost believe in yourself because you know they're lying? What would that look like for you? Because you wouldn't let your friends do that. You sure as hell wouldn't let your family do that. So why would you let yourself do that? Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space we created to help redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. I'm your co-host, CK. And I'm your co-host, A Squared. And today, we're going to be talking about you and your relationship with you. It's you versus you today. It's going to be crazy. But as always, before we even bother, you know what's first. Mood check. Hey, yo, yo, Coach Kyle. Tell me how your day's been, man. What we, you should feeling? A, we should start a symphony. We nailed that. I feel like we that were in the good. exact that same was, tone. That was crazy. That's not even like we haven't done that that many times no that was good i, I was good that was episode good so 30 is gonna be like <laughs> check uh i'm good man i'm good i had a beautiful day it was busy i uh, had a great call with the client today which was fantastic making moves with the people out in the world so it's beautiful service is a whole another world serving other people it's a beautiful thing and so it really just ignites you in a different way than uh than you really thought was possible so on that front, I've been serving all day and I feel fantastic. And now I'm ready to serve even more to all the beautiful people Let's on this go. podcast, baby. How are you doing? Those that don't know, coach is a, he's a coach. <laughs> he's a coach. That's how he serves. CK so. stands for coach Kyle, baby. Coach Kyle. My day was good. Productive. Um, I always find that I just had a very good day in terms of like getting myself aligned with what's, what's coming up for me, seeing 2020 vision, you know, for the week to come. Uh, getting organized, getting my thoughts organized. I had a good productive day at home in terms of cleanliness and those kind of things. So feeling good, feeling vibrant. Um, in terms of how I feel about this episode, this is this is this is big. Mm. It's a big. I you know I can't I can't help but say I I did think about this episode for a little bit today. Like, <laughs> like a lot of my day, it almost kind of felt like you know you get excited for a basketball game or a sporting event. You're it's kind of in the back of your mind the whole entire, and it's hard to kind of focus because you're just so excited about what you're going to talk about. Uh -huh. That's how I feel about this episode. Well, on that regard, then let's get into it. So episode title is You Versus You. Starting off with the PQ from last week, Anwar. A squared, baby. Do you have a relationship with yourself? Yes, I do. Ooh, okay, yes, okay. Do. Tell me about that. Is it good? Is it bad? I didn't start dating myself for a while, though. I'm oh, not okay. That's, that's true. That's I true. I didn't even know that that person <laughs> existed for a hot minute. Amen. Um, but I do have a relationship with that person now. And it's a healthy one. Mm. And I think it was a long journey to get there. I think for a long time, I, I almost acted as if that person was not me. And mm. I, you know, I, I didn't treat that person with much respect. And um, as, as over time, as I've matured, as I've depended on that, that relationship more and more, I've, got, I've, I've built a better bond. I've so so with healthy then, I'm sure everybody noticed, I said good, bad, you said healthy. Right. Was, is healthy good? In that front, or why did you not use the words that I gave you? It's a good question. I just kind of Euro-stepped your words there <laughs> a little bit. I just think healthy describes how I feel a bit better. It's mm. just a little bit more of a, an accurate 
reflection of my relationship with myself. I don't think I like things being good and bad because it reflects that it's pass fail. Mm. And I feel like healthy and unhealthy is more of a, a letter grade. Some days I feel like my relationship is like a C. Some days I feel like it's a B and I'm working towards getting an A, but there's a, there's a continuum, there's a gradient versus good, bad feels like we're in a pass fail class. And sometimes when you're, you get a C, it didn't mean you perform really bad. It just means that you could do better. Mm. And so what I mean by healthy is that, and then on the other side, if I were to add one more layer to it is when, when life's coming at me, it's coming at me real quick and adversity is here and anxiety is here and things are happening. Who I am in those moments is what I mean by healthy and unhealthy. Healthy to me is adversity doesn't ever stop. Anxiety never fully stops, but I'm healthy in the expression of what I'm doing against it. Mm. I feel good about who I am in, in the eye of adversity versus there's been times in my life where I didn't really trust who I was in those moments and self-talk wasn't healthy. I was saying negative things to myself and really bringing myself down. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what I mean by healthy is it's not about how much adversity or how little adversity is. What am I saying to myself in the times of adversity or in the times of anxiety? And that's why I, I use that word is I'm good right now. I feel like I'm in shape, but the workout is still hard. Right. I hear you. Yeah. It reminds me of the quote that life's not linear. Kind of, it comes back to that space where it's like, we think it's going to be a straight line. And in reality, it's it's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But the downs don't mean you you're you failed. Exactly. It just means that you find the ups again. You up and down and up and down. It's a roller coaster a little bit. And obviously, the longer you can get the roller coaster to go up, the more ideal that you'll feel. But that doesn't mean it's going to come back down at some point. And you should almost expect it to come down at some point, right? Life is a little bit of a roller coaster in that way. Is that there's ups and then there's downs, and so. Are you going to aim to be healthy and unhealthy or are you just going to live for this is good, this is good, this is good, this is bad, 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 You know what I mean? It's Because in the bad, you learn from yourself. 100%. And that's the, that, in that form, it makes it good. Almost. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or at least that you can, if you view it in that way, then it becomes healthy rather than good and bad. What about you, man? Are you, would you say good, bad? Would you say unhealthy, healthy? What's your take on I like your relationship healthy, with unhealthy. I like that verbiage. And I also like that verbiage too, because in the space that we're talking about with all of you men, we are often called toxic men. And if I'm being honest with you, I don't agree with the language and the word. I, I think that what we do as men is we express certain things in an unhealthy or an unhealthy way. I don't believe we're toxic. I don't believe we're poisonous uh, because that's what toxic is. Toxic is just poisonous. And I don't believe we're poisonous people. I believe we've been through our things and our life and we're doing our best. And sometimes that comes out in an unhealthy way. But when you use the words healthy and unhealthy, if you just say unhealthy, if you just take out the UN, it's healthy. You know what I mean? So that means do the work to take out the two letters. And now you've learned how to do this in a healthy way. There's a lot more optimism behind it rather than the pessimistic you're toxic, which means you can't fix that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no support in in calling somebody toxic. But for me, I do have a relationship with myself, but I, I know that I have had one for a really long time and it was not always healthy. Mm. I'm aware of that. And it's just been growth. It's, it's, it's been constantly trying to figure out what that relationship means to me. And it'll be a lifelong journey for sure. Constantly dealing with the things that life has. It will be a learning process till the day we die. Yeah. But it's a beautiful one. 
or uh, uh, the term that I was given to by someone that I know, it's called brutal. It's beautiful and brutal at the same time. Brutal. Brutal. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of how it is. I find that it's beautiful at times and sometimes it's, it's brutal at times. Sometimes I'm not nice to myself and that relationship becomes unhealthy mm-hmm. and I don't take care of myself. And it's about that coming back up, you know? I'm not going to, I'm not going to attempt the quote cause I can't remember it exactly, but it's along the lines of like, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's along the lines of the longest relationship you're going to be in is with yourself. Yes. And like, what's yes. up? You know what I mean? Like that's when you hear that, when I remember when I first heard that, I was like, bro, like, yeah, you're literally dating yourself the whole, until this ends. Until this ends. So you might as well start figuring out how to talk to that person or, you know, have a relationship with that person because you're in this for a while. So let's like start developing. And for me, I had a relationship with the voice before I had a relationship with the person. Yeah. That makes sense. That was the first thing I noticed was great way. What is that thing in my head that like, is like almost sometimes it's cheering me on. Sometimes it's, it's what's holding me back. And even in times when I'm like, man, I should be confident about this. Why are you saying this to me? Like why? And for me, it was my first initial reaction to that was, Figure out ways to quiet that thing down. Find ways to shut it up. Prove it wrong. And that creates a friction. It's now I'm going, now I'm literally you versus you, Mm. you know? And it wasn't until I started like knowing that I needed to benefit from the relationship with that, that entity that shutting it up shuts up. It's good too. Mm. You just shut it up completely. The good and the bad goes away. But then I'm like, Ooh, I could use a little bit of self cheering. I could use a little bit of self like, push Mm. so how can i open this door and let this thing back out but be like listen we're not gonna listen to that part of you but we are gonna entertain this half of you right and that's kind of my journey to kind of figuring out what that relationship with myself was is it 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 started with the self-talk first Mm. that was the first time that i was i I clued into oh there's something going on inside of me that i gotta pay more a little bit more attention to what is that thing why are you there there's something that i heard that you just said to which i attached to which was literally the concept of relationship so we say we know that we exist as a person, but we, a lot of people don't say they have a relationship with themselves until you realize you do and you have to treat yourself in the appropriate ways, which, you know, self-care, self-love, things like that. But you don't, in a relationship with other, with your partner, for example, you don't try to shut that person up. You know, you don't try to quiet that person. You don't try to love them less. You try to love them more. You try to talk to them more. You try to connect with them more. And so we put all that effort into our outside relationships. And then when it comes to the point where we have to do that same thing for ourselves, because it's that same thing, it's the same concept. It's still a relationship. There's still two entities involved. And in this case for us, it's very much like kind of like our, some could say it's our soul and our body. Some could say it's our mind and our body. Regardless, there's a relationship there. And so we need to focus on the same way we give the, the care, love, and attention to our outside relationships. Preach. <laughs> Preach. Flames. Um, flames coming on the Flames, other side. baby. Flames. And to, to add to that, you know, I'm a big believer in self-awareness. And I think that's what you were talking about. Yes. You became self-aware of that voice. And you were like, whoa, this is telling me some things. But the interesting part was that has the ability to take you one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness can either lead you to success, can take you up because you've become self-aware of something that you can grow from it. But self-awareness can also become self-deprecation. 
can also become self-sabotage, which leads you to suffer because you see, well, I know this about myself and I don't like that, mm-hmm. which means I'm not capable. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. And now you're self-sabotaging and suffering. So it's about that healthy relationship with yourself and that healthy mindset towards yourself of knowing that these are pieces of you, but you can elevate, you can grow and you can become comfortable with these things. And that can lead you to a personal feeling of success. Quick little story time. Tell me. Um, it's, I'm a visual person, very visual person. And so sometimes I'll think about scenarios and examples and me and my friends will go back and forth and just talk about hypotheticals mm. and would you rather's and things like that. But one time I was, I was hanging out with my buddy and we were talking about what if your body could talk to you, actually say words. Mm. This is a hypothetical, right? And I remember joking around because I've had, you know, a couple of bad knees and I was saying, I was just joking around saying, if my knee could talk to me, it would say, yo, we suck. <laughs> like this relationship is garbage. Like you don't, and we had a little laugh and we had a little joke. And later on when I went home, I, I thought about the scenario a little bit deeper. I went into like, I went back into that little example and I thought about it and I was like, what if my knee said, bro, you haven't given me no love. You haven't taken care of me. Mm. What if my knee said to me, bro, I'm in pain. Can you stop and just address me for a second? And that's when it was like, if my body could talk, I just have to create the conversation silently. And I remember like, you know, when in Dr. Doolittle, when the animals are talking back and they're like, there's they're the animals are talking to you, but they're just talking in silence. They just mm. don't speak. Your body's kind of the same thing. Your body doesn't talk to you, but it talks to you. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's how are you addressing that silent conversation in a way that I'm the person in the body, I'm the person in the mind, what am I doing to pay attention to that negative thought, Mm. that pain in my knee, that what am I doing as the owner of this to say, hey, I see you, let me slow down and let me give you a little bit of attention here. Hey, hey, oh, knee, you're hurting? Okay, hold up. I'll stop playing eight hours of basketball a day. Let me see if I can get you the care that you need. Because ultimately, you are the person that controls the mind and the body. And so the silent conversation that's going on, what are you doing to better the relationship in that silent conversation? Absolutely. I love that. That's a great example. And, you know, as men living in this world, as I think about this conversation more with the you versus you, I realized that before I felt like it was even appropriate to have a relationship with myself and have an understanding of if it was healthy or unhealthy, I didn't, I didn't know, first of all. I didn't feel like anybody taught me that growing up. No one really guided me towards this conversation in my head. No one told me thoughts are okay and that sometimes they would go dark and that that was okay. They don't tell you those things. They say mm-hmm. they just can't go dark. They're not supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to think those thoughts are something wrong with you. And so for us as men, we just shut that voice off. We detach from it. We disassociate with that voice, with that person that's there. And... We suppress, we suppress that voice. We block it away in a cage inside of us and we just don't acknowledge it. And that's what leads to a lot of the unhealthy expressions of ourselves that we sometimes have mm-hmm. is because that voice can, it has a lot to teach us and will help us in a lot of different ways. Well said. But we don't give it the opportunity to because we were told it's not okay. And so once you, once we begin this journey towards understanding that voice better, a great way to jump off of what you were saying in regards to if your knee could talk to you 
what if that voice in your head was a person in front of you saying those things to yourself? What if that was literally a physical form standing in front of you saying you suck, you're not capable, get the fuck out of here. You don't know what you're doing. Would you take it or would you fight back? Would you say, no, I am. Would you start to almost believe in yourself because you know they're lying? What would that look like for you? Because you wouldn't let your friends do that. You sure as hell wouldn't let your family do that. So why would you let yourself do that? That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And I agree. I fully agree. And I think that sometimes healthy confrontation is beneficial. And that, 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 that visual of that person that you've kind of got out of your mind, you put in front of you, we're not saying, we're saying create a healthy, healthy confrontation with that thing mm-hmm. and challenge it. it. Become best friends with it. And say, and if it gets to a point where it's, okay, I'll show you that I'm capable. Well, then now I'm not letting you control me. I'm still in control now. I said, mm-hmm. I'll show you that I'm confident. I'll show you that I could do this. Mm-hmm. Versus best friends challenge you. Your best friends challenge you. You challenge me. I challenge you. That's the beauty of a relationship. Sometimes there's conflict. But again, that's exactly, you just said it exactly. That's the beauty of a relationship, which represents a relationship with yourself. So in that space, obviously I talked a lot about, you know, that fight between your mind and yourself. And I think at some point, for men, and I know I have had my bouts with this, there, there are specific moments that I can come back to with that relationship where there was healthy or unhealthy. And before I get into that, I have a question for you. At what moment, or was there a moment, that you realized that you were worth the effort, that you felt like you were worth fighting for? Yeah. Mm. There was definitely a very pivotal moment. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lengthier story, but I'll give, I'll give the Coles notes version. I, uh, I just recently moved to Australia. Okay. And when I, I was coming, this is coming off the back of a, a Europe trip. So it was, I was in Europe for four months. I went home for a couple of weeks just to pack a new bag. And then I was going to move to Australia. I was a part of this new, this new chapter. I was going to live in a new country new customs, all that kind of stuff. So I get to my first city. I live in Melbourne and life is great. Hmm. I, the adjustment period was wildly blessed and fast. It was like 10 days. I had a new job. I had a new barber. I had a new bank. I had made some friends that are still deep, deep. Like they're my guys to this day. Those original group of guys that I met, shout out Natai, Harrison, Mitch, Zane, the rest of you boys, you guys already know what time it is. Um, and it was great. But then a moment happened where those of you who've had a working holiday visa in Australia, you know that you have to go do like farm work, 88 days of farm work in order to get a second year visa. So if you want to stay longer, you got to contribute to the land. Mm-hmm. That's kind of their, the really wicked, whoever organized that smart idea. So now I got to go do something. It's the first time in like 10 months I'm doing something that's against my will. Europe, I was like picking the cities I want to go to. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that fully in control. Finally, the control of my life kind of got taken away. I'm finally doing something that I don't necessarily want to do, but I have to do to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I get to this farm. It's brutal. 
it's like the way we're even talking to each other at this hostel is like we're in jail. Like everyone's mm. talking to each other like as if the days of like, so how many days do you have left? And we're like <laughs> 44, like 50. Oh, you just got here. You have 80 days left, bro. It gets better at like day 60. Like all this, like it's bad, right? And it's brutal work, man. Brutal work. It's like 35 degrees, sunny, all the time. Flies in your face. They drop you off at a place and they pick you up nine hours later you don't talk to anybody you're just like i did like i was on a watermelon farm i did a grape barn like farm and there's just all these different tasks all brutal all like hard labor crazy the watermelon you're on your hands and knees watermelons grow in like like green it's all green so everything is green you're just on your hands and knees you just got to feel around till you touch one so you just crawl in the field and then you touch the watermelon you land on it and then you have to look at the stem see if the stem is like ripe or not. If it's good, you have to pull, like take it out of the stem, carry the watermelon because where you're going to put it is in a forklift that's at the beginning of the thing. And the fork, he kind of comes as close as he can to you, but you're in a field. So you have to get out of the field, carry it, put it in a bin, go back to where you remember in hands and knees wow. looking for watermelon. Good to know if I'm ever in the watermelon Olympics, I have a winner. Jeez. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I could pick a good watermelon. Believe that. But I'm at the superstar. Patty, pat, pat. I know which ones are good. Um, anyways, we get, we get through the journey and it's mentally, I, I just remember having to use every bit of my mental to, to get me through this process. Like the, 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 the self-talk and the self, whatever I needed to make sure that like every day I was like, you got this man. Like you really, really just to get through it. And I got through it and it was like, Oh, sweet. Then I decided I was going to move to Sydney. So I moved to Sydney and it's from, I got to start from ground zero again. Mm. I know nobody. I don't have a place. I don't have my barber. I don't have, it's a new city, another new chapter. And I just was burnt out. I was so tired from the farm work that like, I just noticed that my mental was like caving in on me. It was caving in. Like I had nothing to give mentally anymore. And I remember going out and tr like, trying to do the normal thing, go meet somebody new and whatever. And just, I had no personality. Like I was just out of it. I felt like I was, my self identity was gone as well. Mm. And I'm laying, I'm sitting in the beach one day, feet in the sand, softest sand ever. I'm on Bondi beach, water. Everyone there is beautiful. It's just a gorgeous scene. There's music to my left, catching a vibe. People playing beach volleyball to my right. Just like, the joy of life couldn't be at its high. It couldn't be any higher. And I'm looking at the water and the water's crashing on the shore and it's coming in the waves and I hear laughter and it's, and I'm feeling sad. I'm so sad. And I'm like, what's going on? Why am I so upset? No motivation to live, no desire. And I was I felt like it was, it got to a point where it was like, what are we fighting for? What is this? Mm -hmm. What is this life thing? There's just never ending set of questions. You answer a bunch, you get the degree, you travel, people are hitting you on IG. Your life is the best. I can't believe you got to do that. I'm so jealous and I'm in the jealous position and I don't feel good. So what is this? What are we fighting for? Mm -hmm. Does this end? Does the trauma end? Does the adversity end? You do 88 days. I was on the farm for five months fighting for this moment <laughs> and it's not good. 
and the thoughts got dark fast and the day started piling up got to the point where i don't i wake up and i'm like what's the point can i just turn this can i just go back to sleep i feel at peace when i'm not awake mm. cuz when you wake up the the game turns on dun, 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 and then it's like <laughs> what is this fucking game when I'm asleep, at least the game is off. Right. I don't got to play. I don't have to play. I just want to sleep. I just don't want to participate anymore. I'm done. I'm over this. And I just realized, oh. Anwar, are you going to fight for yourself or are you going to let this thing take you over? Mm. Are you going to let these thoughts run you or are you going to run these thoughts? It took six months. Six months of every single word, my environment, even I remember hearing people say like, Anwar's such a Debbie Downer, like, don't, don't invite Anwar, like he's so, he's just always negative, like he's just, he's never in a good mood, he's always a, that's not how my friends would describe me. And the, and the thing is that I've never met these people before, so this is all they know, this is mm. the only version of me that they know. And my self-pride kicked in and it was like, nah, nah, nah. I'm not going to have these people think that this is who I am. I'm not going to have myself think that this is who I am. Mm. And I had to fight. And Les Brown said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, if you're going to fall down, make sure you land on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. And for me, it was a, I knew I was down. I knew that I was down and out. I was at my lowest ever. But I was like, I could look up. I can get out of this. And I started the process of slowly chipping away at remembering who I was and mm. who I wanted to be and w remembering the why. And that's when I decided this relationship and this thing, it's worth it. And I'm worth fighting for. Because this is a feeling, but it's not my circumstances. I can mm. change it. Powerful. This is a feeling. That's beautiful. Love that. Wow. Wow. We went there. That we, was, we went there. Was Only a you were all in this room right now. Jeez. I'm sure you felt that though. I'm sure you felt that. That was crazy. I love that. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, for everybody listening, I mean, that he, he that fight right there, that's why he's sitting right here right now. That's why I'm here. That's why I can continue to serve. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's a process that I didn't enjoy at the time, mm. but I'm ever grateful for that I had because it's harder to take things for granted now. Little things don't matter as much. Amen. Would you consider that ground zero? Like the, um, that deep dark hole that we all fear going into? If, if that's not it, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what is. That was the lowest I've, I thought I felt low before. Mm. I thought I've taken losses in my life. I thought, but whatever the hell that was. Nothing like that it. was, that was low. Rock bottom. That's what rock I was bottom. trying to say. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Definitely, definitely rock bottom. Definitely rock bottom. And I think the last thing I'll, you know, kind of say about that story. And I've never really, I haven't even really shared that story with every single person in my, my deep close network. I know a couple of people and my friends know, so that was hard for me to share, mm. but I thought it was important. Um, and for me, I've always said that once you can feel, once you know what the rocks at the bottom feel like, 
there's no there's no lower than that mm. and i don't wish that anyone touches those rocks ever but just know that there is a power in being at the bottom because there's actually nowhere else to go mm-hmm. and i don't know if i would have ever realized what fighting for myself would be like if i had done that before the bottom because i'm so grounded in the fact that i know how low that that bottom is i know what those rocks feel like i never want to touch those rocks again <laughs> I never want to touch those rocks again. So I'll do whatever it takes in my power. I'll spend whatever kind of money I need to spend. I'll talk to whoever I need to talk to to make sure I never have to touch those rocks ever again. Love that. It's beautiful. What was your powerful moment? Did you have a specific moment at all or did you... Yeah, for what me, I, f- I feel like uh, the relationship with myself when I realized I was worth the effort and what I was worth fighting for. I'm very, I've been a very analytical human being growing up. I'm always paying attention. So the voice inside my head started early uh, and it was often. So I was constantly analyzing where things were in my life and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to act. And that changed a lot over time. And I think that what I ended up finding was the self-awareness was leading me to suffering because I didn't understand that space. So I was self-aware of what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And yet, because I knew there was, or I felt like things were wrong with me and that I wasn't perfect at that time because, you know, westernized world tells you that's important. Mm -hmm. Then I start to self-deprecate and self-sabotage just out of the nature of starting to see myself and see what I want to be and what I'm not. And I remember a moment in grade six where my entire elementary school years were a disaster. I was, for lack of a better word, I was a piece of shit. I was in, I was suspended all the time. I was causing trouble. I was in with the wrong crowds, which I know is weird to say in elementary school, but it happens and it's the truthful. And I remember in my head, I don't think I was a bully necessarily, but I I wasn't really overly nice. And I just did some really messed up things. And it was a month or two into grade six and we moved and we hadn't, we moved a lot before that. Every six months we were in a new apartment. We're uh, in a new condo. We were in a new home always, but my school always was the same. So it was always in the same areas, but it was still, I was dealing with adversity. I was dealing with adversity. So I was taught early, forced early, sorry, how to do that. And then we finally moved into a whole new school zone. So I changed schools a month in and In that moment, at that age, 11 years old, I don't really know how I got to that point, but when I showed up at school that day one, I was like, fuck that old life. I don't know what you were doing, but you're done with that. You're done. You're starting brand new. This is new you. All the shit you wanted to be, that you knew you didn't like and enjoy doing back then, you're not doing that anymore. You're done. And starting in that school, I remember day one, I, oh, this is actually becoming more symbolic than I, than I thought uh, coming into this. I remember day one, it was winter and we were out on the fields and there was the stronger of 
the grade sixers. Let's call him. Okay. He wasn't necessarily a bully per se, but he was a tough one. And we were playing this really ridiculous game because guys are ridiculous and play ridiculous games where he would try to throw you down to the ground and you would just try to not let him. You're in grade six. The games are so irrelevant. (laughs) So many of those games. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's throw me down. And if you can't, then I guess, ha 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 to you. Like, I just, I don't know where the value comes for us, but it's hilarious anyways. And I remember showing up. I don't know anyone. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm just starting to get a little taller than usual. I'm probably about average height uh, with everybody else. And I'm out and he's one of my classmates and we're out there and I see him and he's throwing people down and I had been starting to play soccer at that time. So I was training and I, you know, felt good. And, and again, that was my chance in that school to completely change and to start brand new. And I remember him coming up to me, seeing me and he's like, I know in his head, he's like new kid, got him, (laughs) sold, see ya, comes up to me. And next thing I know, I'm a fucking tree. You are not moving me, bro. <laughs> you are not. I am the most wisest 600 circle in his roots and his whatever it is, tree, I'm rooted. And I remember him coming up to me and he grabs me and he tries to throw me and I don't move. I literally do not move. And he tries again, I don't move. It's like I almost, all of a sudden gained 600 pounds and he, he just couldn't lift me. And I remember him trying and trying and then eventually he's like, well shit, I guess I'm not throwing this guy down. And at that moment, I was like, oh, I can do this. I can fight back. I can fight for a better version of myself. Wow. That was a powerful feeling. So that was when it first happened. And then you would think that that would last a lifetime. And that you would know in that moment and you would recognize that moment. But we don't often look at our childhoods that way. And so that's why I said earlier the symbolism was powerful but there has been moments in my adult life where i gave up i wanted it all to end i had bouts of suicidal ideation where i was constantly thinking about what it would be like jumping off this balcony just not stopping in traffic if there was a a bridge driving off the side of it, you know, movie style things that you see those thoughts come up in those moments. And you start to ask yourself, would anybody really even notice? I'm I'm often home alone. I'm, you know, not around a lot of people a lot, especially in 2020. And you really start to wonder like with how long would it take them to notice? Cause we don't talk every day. How long would it take them to notice? And at that point, if it's not today, then what's the point? So you realize that there's moments where you just stopped fighting for yourself. And if I'm being completely honest, that has happened in 2020. 28 years old, and I'm thinking those same thoughts. And that wasn't the first time. It's happened before. And I know from a lot of conversations now that that's a space men find themselves in quite often throughout their lives. And... It doesn't seem to be just once when it happens once, it kind of seems like a space that, you know, you can go back to if, if something happens or a huge adversity thing happens. And through that process, I really started to analyze why suicidal ideation was coming into my life and why I was putting it up on a pedestal as an option 
And I realized that it was because in those moments where I felt like it was all worthless and it was all done with that I had given myself away to the world and I wasn't giving anything to myself. I was relying on the world to validate that space for me and the people around me. And if it wasn't there and it wasn't all the time, well, well then what am I? And if I'm not in a specific position as a man with, you know, a partner and a successful job and all this money in a car and, you know, big muscles and hairy face. And if I don't have all of those things perfectly, then I have failed. I have failed the world. I failed my partners. I failed my family. And I failed as a man. So <laughs> you failed in all departments. What's the point? And I never took it seriously enough to feel like I was going to take that space, but I have had to come out of those spaces multiple times where I realized you are a light in this world. You have a lot to give and it's only going to grow. And it just, it takes, honestly, it just takes some time. It takes some time. It takes community. And it's why I'm very thankful now that I've been able to create the Awakened Man Facebook group for men to just be with each other support each other and know that other men care about you and that you are important and that these thoughts are okay and now we're just going to figure out what to do with them powerful man i appreciate you sharing that that's gonna help i was getting a little bit emotional myself just you know hearing some of those things that you get flashbacks to some of your thoughts that you've had and mm. um i think we both got to a very vulnerable place I appreciate you sharing those things and just reminding us that, you know, it's that second part of that thought that is the part that I think we need to fix. You know, if I did this, would anybody notice? I think what we should be saying is if I did this, only I, even if it was just me that noticed, that is enough. Mm. Just the you noticing that you are gone, forget about everybody else. You noticing you is what it's all about. Because when you're playing that game of who else would notice, that's where I feel like a lot of the, the pressure to do that stuff comes from. Mm -hmm. So we got to get away from that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds like, you know, you were given this life for them as if you weren't given this life for you. Yeah, man. And it's crazy. It's powerful. So, what we hope with this specific question, men, gentlemen, is that we encourage and implore the conversation, whether it's with us or anybody. The conversation is the most powerful piece of this is just to talk about it. We want to encourage that. We want to let you know that it's okay that these things are happening and that they do. And there's nothing wrong with that. And to know that oftentimes the first thought isn't the well thought through one. And it's always not often the right one, but it's the easiest one. And it's the second thought that allows you to really make change and to really move forward and to become a better person. And it's all possible. And all, all it starts with is just talking to someone and we're here. That Facebook group is here. And there are so many resources out there now for men's mental health that come into that space and really help you with your relationship with yourself.
to kind of leave you with something, it's, I know men love being of service, love being providers. <laughs> yes, we do. Just always remember, in order to serve others, you need to first serve yourself. So take, take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and on that topic, you know, in order to serve others, you must first serve yourself. I think as men, from my experience, when I first heard that and I first came across that space and realizing that was a topic, I was like, that sounds incredibly selfish. <laughs> it, it sounds incredibly selfish. Why self first? You know, aren't we here to take care of other people? And so then all of a sudden I came across terms like self-care and self-love and self-confidence and self, 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 self. just more self. And I was like, what about other people? Right? Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't I take care of other people first? And it was a really misunderstood concept until my really late adulthood life. And I didn't get it. And now that I'm, we're in this space together, I realized that over the last couple of years, that has actually grown rapidly and it wasn't just like a small thing when i when i first heard about it it's gone rapidly so much to the point that i would actually almost argue that it's become aggressively glorified and westernized for sure and it's unfortunate for sure that that westernization of a pretty powerful concept always has to come through but i do think it does help some people get in a little bit and join that movement because that movement is important because that movement's for you it's a self movement, but do you really, do you believe that like that whole concept of self-care, self-love, self-confidence, like focusing on self first, serving yourself first, do you feel like it's as vital as it, the Westernized world claims it is? I think it is. Yeah. Why? But not in, not in that context, but in the context of the you serve to serve, you need to serve yourself first. Mm. And I think that it's not, it's not overdone. It's just because it's been so quiet for so long, it's just all coming out in an outpour. Mm. You know, it's, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't glorified. It wasn't anything. So therefore, it's now you're getting the opposite reaction. It's overdone, right? Where people are now, um, there's a balance, right? Cause there's a balance of saying, Oh, I need self-care. I need self-care. I need self-care. I need self-care. And then you're not even putting any effort into service at all. It's all self-care. It's, and it becomes a very selfish space now. Mm. But when you treat it as self-care for others, self-care for others, mm. you go to your max, you realize, Oh, I need some, a little bit of time for myself. Whoop. And then you come back to the playing field. It's this idea of training in the dark to show up for your teammates Mm. doing your individual work to show up for others right versus just selfishly training for yourself and then showing up to the game only to get your own you know so is it very glorified yes but i think that it's because a our level of communication is like doubled Mm -hmm. and two it's become more of a problem because some of the social media and there's so many other things that have come into play now that have added more attention and more care to needing to look out for yourself. If you don't do that, the world will swallow you up. It's ready to go. Mm. The world is just like, what was that? Hungry, hungry hippo. (laughs) Like the the world is ready to gobble up whatever it's got to take. So if you're not kind of looking out for yourself, um, and you have one of my, one of my close friends, he's one of the people who never has money, but is always willing to give money. Mm. 
always and he's he, like he'll he'll live in a state where it's like bro you're broke <laughs> stop giving people money he'll go he'll, he'll go borrow money give it to someone else. like he'll, he'll put himself into like a, the biggest hole possible just to be of service and if the conversation's got to be like yo i love that you love bro but of service to put you in a hole is not service mm-hmm. that's not service I'm going I'm to take on debt to help someone else get... That's not service. Let's get to a savings account and then start lending money from there. Mm. Let's have all our, all our stuff paid for. Let's have everything work good. Let's have a dollar to lend where I don't notice. Mm. Now we're of service. Now we're helping people. Now we're empowering people. But let's not try to, let's not try to serve people in debt. That's not, that's not it. So you bring up a good point where men are often giving themselves away in whatever capacity they can, whether it's to their job, to their work, to their finances, to their partner, uh, to the world. They're constantly giving themselves away and are very rarely giving to themselves. Why do you think it's so hard for guys to just give to themselves? The whole, the whole, the whole provider thing. Hmm. Being caught in the ideology of that you need to be a provider. I got to buy my mom the house. Hmm. I got it. I got to do this. I traditional do norms. So traditional stuff, Right. And no one's, we still need to be, I I still feel like I need to be, I want to be a provider. I really do feel like that. To me, that makes me feel good. Mm. Being able to give back to my family, my community, my people, that makes me feel good. I'm going to continue to aim for that, but not at the expense of me. Mm. And that's what I'm starting to learn now is that it's not worth it if it's at the expense of you. Getting ahead at what expense is a great question to ask yourself in life. And in this specific example, it's to serve at what expense of you. Mm. And if it's not worth it, if the equation doesn't add up, then dial it back, figure out how to get yourself back in line and then figure out how to serve one person and then two and then go back and reset and then three and Mm. then four and then go back and reset and then five and then six and then go back and reset and slowly start to manage the, the relationship between you and you and you and others. Then now you're, now you're, now you're rocking and rolling. Mm. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I definitely think there's a traditionality behind it all. And we're just trying to work towards that space. And I, I was coming back to all, all, going all the way back to Kings and their gold and that whole lifestyle. And, you know, they're just, they're constantly uh, giving mm-hmm. and learning. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. So I think as men, we're, we're slowly getting to that space and men, what we want you to know and to hear is that you're not being selfish and you're not being rude. And it's incredibly important for this self care boundary to be in place, regardless of what space you are in, in your life. Because like we have been saying, you serve others best always when you serve yourself. Preach. Preach. So to wrap up today, as always, we're finishing up with the podcast and you know it's CK here with another PQ for you leading into next week's episode. How, how are you actively taking care of your mind, your body, and your soul? Ask yourself that question this week and let us know next week. Fellas, 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 thank you for joining us on another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. If you haven't yet, please download, subscribe, 
leave a review. But most importantly, if you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode, please post and share with your close family and friends. You can follow us at our online IG account, which is at Modern Masculinity. Make sure the C is a K. Remember, we're trying to represent the mask that men wear. So at Modern Masculinity Podcast. You can also follow us on our private socials. Mine is at Coach Kyle Rushton. And mine is Anwar Ahmed Four. And uh, any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time. So we appreciate um, all your efforts. And remember, we're here with you. And we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. Until next time, peace.